Hello and welcome to episode two of the Long Story Short podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Cornick. I am so excited to have our very first guest, Jenny Hare, on the podcast today. Jenny is a female health nutritionist, owner of One Health Nutrition and co-founder of Your Wellness Collective. Jenny is your forward-thinking female health nutritionist and hormone balancing bestie. She empowers women to understand their hormones, fertility, and overall health so that they can show up every day thriving. Jenny supports clients on a one-to-one basis in her private practice, One Health. She has recently launched Your Wellness Collective, which is a health and lifestyle brand specializing in personalized supplements and wellness events. In this podcast, we discuss everything us females need to know about our menstrual cycle. We touch on the phases us women go through, PMS and how to manage your PMS symptoms, as well as hypothalamic amenorrhea, also known as HA, which is the loss of your period. This podcast is an absolute must for females wanting to optimize their hormonal health and manage their cycle better. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Long Story Short podcast. I am joined by the lovely Jenny Hare. Jenny is a female health nutritionist, owner of One Health Nutrition and co-founder of Your Wellness Collective. So hi, Jenny. Welcome. Hi, Vicky. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for joining us. Not at all. It's my pleasure. Um, so Jenny, I firstly would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us exactly what you do and who you work with. So you gave me a good intro there, but as I was just to build on a little bit, I yeah, so like you said, I'm a female health nutritionist. So I work with clients on a one-to-one basis. And we I could that can be in terms of, you know, if somebody is struggling with PCOS or hypothalamic amenorrhea or any sort of like, even like PMS, uh, work a huge amount with like fertility clients. So anything encompassing female hormones, that is my area of focus, everything that I love. Um, and of course, like hand in hand that goes with that is like body composition and mood and energy and all of that. So I work very holistically. So we'll, we always look at like, okay, what's the root cause of your problem and address that with nutrition, lifestyle and supplements. So that is my kind of one-to-one practice and that's One Health. Um, and then separately, um, most recently I have, uh, I'm co-founder of a company called Your Wellness Collective. We specialize in personalized supplements. So we are a platform, we house like the very best supplement brands and you can get personalized advice in terms of what you personally need for your health goals um, and what supplements will support that. So that is what keeps me busy. Amazing. Wow. You are, you are doing so much and you cover so many things. I, I think one thing in particular that um, listeners are going to find super interesting is the menstrual cycle. I think that's become incredibly popular. You see all this information on social media about it, on Instagram, on TikTok, um, and especially when it comes to uh, training and nutrition, the menstrual cycle plays a massive role. So just to kind of, as an introduction to the menstrual cycle, could you briefly just touch on how the menstrual cycle works, what it is, what different phases women go through um, throughout their cycle? Yeah, absolutely. So it's fantastic that it has gained this kind of, you know, popularity and people are really getting interested in kind of understanding what is going on on a monthly basis. Um, because, I, you know, for years it's been a very taboo topic. So it's really, really nice that people are kind of looking to understand a little bit more about their bodies. But I think the first kind of place that I always start when it comes to chatting about the menstrual cycle is most women are, you know, they think that the your, your period is like the most important part of your menstrual cycle. And of course, we look at your period um, and, you know, if it's, you know, you're experiencing certain symptoms around menstruation or you're, you're getting really heavy bleeds, or it's really debilitating. Of course, there are things that we look at. But the most important um, part of the menstrual cycle is actually ovulation. So ovulation is when mid-cycle, when an egg is released from the ovaries. And after that, um, you obviously either get pregnant if it's fertilized, or if unfertilized, it turns into a, a, a cell structure called the corpus luteum and that secretes progesterone so that is ultimately what dictates whether your period is regular irregular whether you have really bad pms um or not so we want that balance between your estrogen and progesterone so that i think is the first thing that i always kind of introduce the menstrual cycle with in terms of because i think like growing up 
we all were just like, you know, you get your period and it's your time in the month. And, and that was the only part that was ever talked about. Um, but ovulation is definitely the part that we will work on a huge amount to make sure it's regular and to make sure you're actually ovulating. Because if you're not ovulating, you're probably getting really bad PMS symptoms, etc. So that's the first thing. Then when we look at the menstrual cycle, and I'll talk about it kind of like in a context of 28 days, because that's what we generally have the research on you can have a very healthy menstrual cycle and it not be 28 days. So it can be anywhere from, we say probably around 27, 26, 27 days to to kind of 32, 33-ish days. If if you're getting it consistently, you know, if, you know, Vicky, your cycle could be 30 days. If you're getting consistently every 30 days, that is what's normal for you and that is perfect. Anything kind of outside of that kind of range, so say if you're at like 25 days or you're at like, 45 days we're kind of saying okay there's something there there's something driving it to be that bit too short or that bit too long and again that's driven by ovulation so when you're ovulating you might not be ovulating if you're having a really really short cycle um so the first if we look at that 28 days um the first half of the cycle so up to day 14 is what we would call the follicular phase so that is when our we start off with really low hormones at um Day one is our period. So really, really low hormones. The lining of the uterus has shed and estrogen begins to climb. Estrogen then peaks and we release an egg from the ovaries at around day 14, 15, kind of mid-cycle. Again, this is all textbook. It'll vary a little bit for each woman. Um, And then after ovulation, like I said, your egg, if it's not fertilized, turns into the corpus luteum. And the corpus luteum is the structure that secretes progesterone. And then you have come into this phase called the luteal phase and that is what we would consider like a high hormone phase you have both estrogen and progesterone and that is when um you can kind of start to after, after kind of uh, maybe 21 days that's when your east your progesterone peaks so both hormones are pretty high and after that when things start to drop a little bit is when we can kind of get those pms symptoms yes. if we're not kind of if things aren't balanced um, the first half of the cycle, Eastern Sign, that's when you really feel kind of energetic, your best, you're really like smashing your PBs in the gym, you ha- your, your mood is really good, like, and then you hit around the kind of ovulation, ov- ovulation and you get the nice kind of vent, usually your libido is really high, you're kind of really outgoing, you want to go out and socialize. As the Beyonce phase. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, feeling amazing. Like- yes, you're feeling amazing and that usually lasts maybe five six seven days and then you can kind of the later luteal phase can be that time where you might feel a little bit more introverted you want to just kind of relax you don't want to have to go and socialize as much um, and then that's again your body preparing itself for menstruation to kind of shed the line in the uterus so that's typically the way the kind of hormones I, I mean they're the two key hormones we obviously have other hormones like your LH and your FSH and your testosterone that are still part of the female cycle but typically we would be looking at your estrogen and progesterone as there's kind of two dominant female hormones in the menstrual cycle amazing that was brilliantly summarized um, <laughs> and so interesting because exactly what you said like I would have always gone about when I was younger you know when I first got my period right probably until I started working in the industry um, yeah. and like we were saying before it started becoming you know more talked about I would have always just thought right I get a period it lasts roughly a week I don't really know what else is happening in my body in the rest of that month, but I just know once a month I bleed and that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially around like after ovulation, um, I certainly, the more I've paid attention to my cycle, have noticed my body changes. I uh, feel a little bit less energy. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit more tired. I'm hungrier as well. Yes. Um, so I suppose there's there's a lot of symptoms that can go on. Obviously, some women get it a lot worse than other women. Yeah. Um, so, and and I think something that certainly what I see from your Instagram is you really kind of promote the message of, um, you know, you don't just have to put up with this. Women who suffer um, quite badly with their cycle and they get quite bad PMS. It's not something that we were often told, you know, for years that you just have to put up with it. Unfortunately, it's just yeah. the way. So I suppose, what are your um, top tips for for things that women can focus on um, to help improve their PMS and and maybe like some do's and don'ts? Um, Again, this is probably going to be quite broad because each woman will be different, but the general, if there is a a general kind of list. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are 100% things that 
across the board will help absolutely everyone. And so the first thing to kind of caveat is that if you're getting really debilitating either um, period symptoms, like while you're on your period or like chronic PMS, like every single month where, you know, a lot of women have really low moods, to the point where, you know, they, they're like nearly depressed and, you know, they're really, really um, kind of anxious and breast tenderness, all of that kind of thing. I would be, you that's not the, while it's very common, it's not the norm. So you need to look into understand, okay, well, why is that? It, it, it's likely there's some sort of imbalance there. Maybe you're not producing enough progesterone, which can really, too much estrogen can cause that kind of um, symptoms because, because progesterone is a very calming hormone. It's anti-anxiety. Um, and that's why, you know, we would kind of tend to say, okay, what's going on here firstly? And the same with your, your period symptoms. Like if you can't go to work or you are bed bound there's something not right there so you don't have to just accept that like look into ask the why work with a practitioner that can really help you in terms of your individual like some women unfortunately do get worse symptoms and but there's absolutely things you can do so that's the first thing don't just accept it you always get a certain amount of symptoms I mean like I do this for a living I know everything by the book we don't live our lives the perfect diet and perfect lifestyle I get stressed you know and I notice my cycle is a little bit different where I get worse cramps but I know what to do and um, yeah so in terms of PMS um again it's all about striking that balance between your estrogen and progesterone so usually it's a progesterone one that kind of suffers and progesterone is very susceptible to stress and when I say stress people are thinking I'm not really stressed but stress can be everything from psychological stress that we usually think of. You know, your work is crazy. Your boyfriend's driving you mad. And you, you know, just have a lot of family stuff going on, whatever that looks like for you. But then aside from that, stress can also be fasting, not fueling your body enough and having coffee on an empty stomach um, and then oh, maybe overtraining. So collectively, you have this stress tolerance and everyone's stress tolerance is different. So you might have a bit of every single one of those buckets of stress and it's just too much for your body and your body isn't producing it's kind of stealing that progesterone and because you're producing too much cortisol your stress hormone and you're getting this PMS so it's not one thing in isolation I always say and but for some people maybe fasting or the low carb diet is just tipping them over the edge if they were to just you know really focus on nourishing their body with nutrition and or you know a few supplements or maybe bringing down that training load or even adapting their training in their luteal phase to maybe lower impact, less hit kind of style workouts, they can actually really minimize that PMS symptoms. So in terms of kind of cross the board recommendations for helping your body with PMS is from a diet perspective, getting your fruit and vegetables. So getting, they're so rich in like phytonutrients, antioxidants, which are fantastic at helping reduce inflammation in the body and PMS can be like you know information driven as well so that's your first kind of protocol getting a Mediterranean style diet is something I would always recommend so you're think of your fresh fruit and vegetables your nuts your seeds your legumes plant proteins and then some like lean proteins and and meats eggs fish all that sort of stuff and that kind of variety piece is really important um and again, it's it's nothing game changing. We've all kind of we all kind of know that that's what we can do, but it is actually very very impactful. And um, within that kind of general Mediterranean style guideline is your omega threes. So omega three fatty acids are our hormones are made from from our steroid hormones are made from fat and cholesterol. So we need to intake fat in our diet. So particularly omega three fats. Um, so from your nuts and your oily fish like salmon sardines anchovies and typically a lot of people don't like those fish and I can understand that there can be an acquired taste um, but if you're not eating oily fish twice a week look at a good quality omega-3 you really really need it it is so anti-inflammatory in the body and it even like for some women that's all they need to kind of supplement with yeah. in terms of PMS and they see a massive difference and not only from um, a PMS but you also if you're not eating those fatty acids because sometimes you know let's be honest fat has been demonized in absolutely the you know industry for since the 60s and it, we have seen in research the negative knock-on effects that have had on fertility which is mind-blowing so 
getting your fatty acids um your omega-3 fatty acids are really important um, and if you're not getting them a good quality omega-3 so even something small like adding flaxseed to your porridge or your smoothies uh, on top of a yogurt bowl your sunflower seeds your pumpkin seeds they are so rich not only in fatty omega-3 fatty acids but zinc and magnesium selenium which are also key key nutrients for um menstrual cycle health so small little additions but they make a really big impact yeah I, I think those things are so simple and I love how everything you've said so far is about adding as opposed to yes. restricting because that's huge especially with women when they yeah. want to diet or they want to lose weight or lose body fat they focus on the restriction what can I cut out what can I get rid of and unfortunately those things are carbohydrates and fats that's their first protocol from whatever kind of background or information that they've heard um, yeah. so it's it's really hard and I'm sure um as a as a nutrition coach you understand this as well but it's really hard to get women to just like and don't get me wrong I I suffered with that mindset myself years ago and it's yeah. really hard to erase that and yeah. um but that that add not restrict kind of protocol something yeah. that I certainly work with clients on um and I think that's that's brilliant like how simple is it to go to the shop get some flaxseed and if you have your usual porridge in the morning just sprinkle some on top <laughs> yeah exactly it's all about fitting it into your lifestyle but but that's it and like that you nearly re- when someone is in that very restrictive mindset you're trying to support them in unlearning years and years and years of yeah. these kind of um damaging nutrition ideologies you know so it's it's not their fault no, it's of course it's, we have and it's the same way where there's a big gap in the understanding in terms of like menstrual health and period health and that's not through nobody's fault like we should have been taught all of this in school yeah. and maybe we wouldn't have women really you know suffering every single month um but that so that's your your kind of your fruit veggies med style diet and omega-3 fatty acids the other thing would be um obviously managing your stress I feel like that kind of it's not sexy people don't they're like oh just give me something I want to take something I want to take a supplement no supplement in the world is going to out supplement a chronically stressful lifestyle and that is something you have to learn to manage so be it journaling uh walking listening to a podcast going for a walk with your dog you have to find something that manages your stress and that is something I work we can do there's I have so many clients who are so compliant in terms of I will eat whatever you want me to eat like no problem but they will not take the time for themselves to actually unwind and they're just running around like a headless chicken yeah. and their 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 hormones are suffering as a result of it so don't underestimate 10 15 20 minutes a day to yourself be it a breathing exercise get the calm app do a guided meditation it will calm your central nervous system and the production help the production uh, bring down that production of cortisol and promote um the parasympathetic nervous system which is what we want and um, that kind of rest and digest and yeah. um, your stress there are obviously some key supplements that are pretty magic when it comes to supporting um your pms symptoms but they come after you're working on your diet and your lifestyle um but to name a couple magnesium glycinate is pretty much like i think if i was to pick one supplement for PMS and for menstrual cycle health it would be magnesium right it's like a magic magic mineral for a range of different things but it's we just don't get enough in our diet it's partly to do with um the soil doesn't have the same nutrients that it used to have years ago you know it's over it's overused therefore the minerals aren't in the soil therefore they don't get into the food we magnesium is also depleted by stress we live very busy lifestyles just kind of compounding that um so yeah magnesium if you're getting really bad cramps um anxiety um they it can just be amazing and also if you're struggling with sleep magnesium is fantastic you take up to start with about 200 milligrams of a good quality magnesium glycerate and you can go up to 400 and especially in that week leading up to your period a lot of women do find that sleep is more of a struggle and that's because our progesterone is high and our progesterone raises our core body temperature and the body doesn't like uh, to have a, a higher kind of core body temperature for sleeping for it's cooler so that's why we do kind of struggle with sleep but magnesium can be a fantastic aid in terms of that so I will always supplement magnesium in the leisure phase of my cycle and I notice the difference when I don't in my symptoms 
and, and just um, like that it's glycinate because there are yeah. two other forms that aren't as yeah good exactly so magnesium glycinate so um it's glycinate as a part um of the it's amino acid that it's bound to that the mineral magnesium is bound to and that affects the absorption of it that glycinate is a very um well absorbed form of magnesium you can get it in um citrate citrate is also great it's a safe example if you have um if you're constipated it can be very good at helping move things along but that's not why you know if you're taking it for pms you likely don't want yeah. the kind of laxative effects okay. um of of the citrate and and then there's of course other ones that are just not as good quality you'll probably pick them off the shelf in you know your your local kind of i don't know supermarket or whatever and um, that would be like kind of steer clear of like oxide chelate they're just not great they're, your your body can't absorb them so you're just gonna you're just gonna excrete them yeah. um there is in, alongside magnesium b6 is particularly b6 um is fantastic for for pms there is a supplement called camis and it is literally our bestseller for on your wellness collective and it is a combination of magnesium and it has b6 in it with you know a few other things thrown in there um, and l-theanine which is fantastic for anxiety but the combination of those two together for pms is magic so if you're really struggling i would recommend trying mega mad camis it's really really fantastic amazing and make sure to get those on your wellness collection <laughs> yeah. don't buy them anywhere else just there <laughs> shameless plug yeah. um, no that's that's so so interesting um and I can only imagine people are going to pick up so many, you know, little tips from that because almost, I, I would probably say of the the amount of women that I would coach, probably about those that aren't, you know, into that menopausal stage, about 60 to 70% of them report some form of piece, PMS, sorry, um, yes. and, and that they struggle with it. And then there's definitely 20 to 30% that really, really suffer with it. So that, that'd be brilliant. So, um, yeah. And when it comes to exercise, um, again, kind of not exactly the same for everyone. I personally, I feel I'm very lucky. I don't really notice when it is my time of the month uh, in terms of exercise. Now I might go to the gym and feel, Oh God, I'm a bit tired today. And then, Oh yeah, you know what? I'm actually doing my period next week or whatever, but I definitely do get, um, some clients coming into me who, are either just like, I need to stay clear of all lower body exercises today because that area is just so sensitive right now. And mm-hmm. I want a hip thrust. I don't want to squat, which is obviously totally understandable. And then some, mm-hmm. some unfortunately, a handful of clients won't even come to the gym um, when it mm-hmm. is their cycle because like that they are in that much pain or, or feeling like they have such low energy. So um, how does, I suppose, exercise, you know, work? What are your your tips for um, when it comes to training um, around your menstrual, menstrual cycle? Yeah, so I think the first thing I would always encourage um, every woman to do is track your cycle. So you will begin to spot, like, and I don't even just mean, um, you know, on on day 20th of December, it was day one, in in a little bit more detail. It doesn't have to be every single day, but I just mean um, track your cycle, but record when you have certain symptoms. So, like, whether you're feeling tired, whether you're, like, you know, day 14, you're ovulating and you're feeling amazing understanding how you generally feel like on average at every single different point in your cycle is very empowering so you know uh, okay like I'll know my own if for my own cycle I feel amazing like I look at I do spend a lot of time like you know eating well or whatever and looking after my cycle so three weeks of my cycle I generally feel pretty good but that first two weeks I feel really strong in the gym and that's because my estrogen is high you have a much better ability to recover in that follicular phase of your cycle so in research we've seen the benefit of women prioritizing the um like hypertrophy training in that first half of your cycle because um muscle protein synthesis is is higher and also at your ability to create that lean muscle mass and also then coupled with the fact that your recovery is improved it's a, a great combo so you know really focusing on your kind of weight training in that first half of the cycle and then because a lot of women then kind of feel that their energy starts to dip, I definitely notice that in the in the kind of five five days before my period is due, my energy isn't there. If I'm going to the gym, I'm, I have no problem going, but I will go for like lighter weights, lower impacts or stuff. Like I'm not going to be doing box jumps and high, you know, hit kind of sessions because 
I firstly I just don't enjoy it because I feel like I'm forcing my body to do something that it just doesn't want to do at this point in my cycle but that's good because I'm not beating myself up over that and not saying well why can't I do that I could do that last week it's the stage that I am in my cycle and I'm honoring that phase so in terms of that's the first thing I would say to do is track your own cycle know what's normal for you because like you said Vicky you don't notice huge difference so then you're kind of just saying like oh well maybe I should be feeling a bit more tired so I might not go to the gym today like you don't need that either that was my next question as well like some people will think this is my you know 20th day I am going to be back today yeah I'm not going to go to gym even though and going way off topic I think a lot of people talk about you know the whoop kind of watches yeah they track your your, you know your HRV and you can wake up and be like really um you know it's red and you're you're kind of oh I'm not recovered therefore I'm not yeah you could feel great so balance I presume with with yeah I think so and I like I don't wear it anymore but years ago when I started wearing um an apple watch you know it tracks your sleep or whatever and if I did like that if I didn't get a good sleep score I'd be like oh god I'm gonna be wrecked today and you have that in your mind for the entire day but like in actual fact I was probably fine yeah so I kind of look at it the other way and like so I track my cycle every day because I I use a, an app called natural cycles so I will know every single day like what day I'm at but I just mean that like if I, I will go to the gym every single not every single day but I mean like with my schedule and it's only when I'm there I'm like okay I'm checking in with how I'm feeling like actually I'm not I, I am not feeling as strong so I'm just going to reduce the weight like that's fine I'm not doing it like preemptively I'm kind of doing retrospectively if you get me um so I think that's maybe a, a bit of a better way to look at it rather than like okay I'm day 26 there's no way I'm going yeah. to the gym today um I had a client last week come in and she was like I, I squatted you know 80 kilos last week and like it felt really good but I'm on my period this week so I definitely won't be able to do that and I was like you haven't even started yet so just see yeah. how it goes yeah you don't get it that's fine we'll pull back it's no problem and she got she actually squatted heavier than she had planned on doing and she was like why is that and I was like yeah. sometimes it's just not what you think yeah. it might be so yeah and everyone's so unique every single woman's menstrual cycle is unique and therefore their symptoms will, will be unique so you compare like me comparing myself with you is just useless so just know your norm is my kind of advice in terms of that and honor how you're feeling don't be like you know put like push yourself flat to the mat on day 26 if you're feeling a bit crap because you're just gonna like have you want to enjoy your exercise I'm sure like that's something I know that you preach a lot as well with your and um, with your girls so like it's dialing in and, and I feel like that's like a bit of a very general way to look at it but typically women will feel a little bit more tired those couple of days before the period and interestingly aside from day one and two where you know, most women get their kind of a little bit of symptoms you kind of feel a bit crap you don't really want to move you whatever that's why light walk is something I would always recommend really really helpful for getting blood flow and getting you know soothing any kind of um, muscle cramps that you're you might have and things like that but then just interesting on the point that you made with your client that she was on day four or whatever her, her cycle a lot of women actually find once they get over those kind of day one day one and a half kind of symptoms and um, that they actually feel amazing and they perform really well in the gym and that's because you're in that really low hormone phase and that's actually when we're most like males which is where, uh, where a lot of the research has been done so like and that's why the benefit in terms of the strength building work is in that low hormone phase so a lot of women if you're not getting the the symptoms you're actually it's it's a fantastic time to train if you're feeling good on your on your period yeah that's actually funny you say that because I always find for me anyways the week before is when I see that dip the week off yeah I actually feel great and yeah I'm almost maybe it's one day where I'm you know it's probably my heaviest day of my period yeah. and I'm a little bit uncomfortable probably just the fact that you know I have a tampon in and I'm changing it a couple of times yeah. the day um but when it comes I've noticed if anything it might be testing week in the gym or you know I have to maybe you know push a little bit more in in a workout and yeah. um you know I feel like whoa I didn't do as badly as I thought I actually did better if anything so yeah that's yeah. really interesting there's research to suggest that our ability to um so our what's the word I'm looking for so like flex like um what's the like metabolic flexibility in terms of like um your um reaction time and things like that is are much better in the that kind of earlier say you know 16 17 days of your cycle therefore you know and because your recovery isn't as good as it will be in the flicker phase during the luteal phase and kind of dialing down that impact and 
severity, I suppose, or intensity of the workouts can be helpful. And also bringing that risk of injury down as well is something um, that's beneficial. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of 10, if I was to give generalized recommendations. And like I said, that's difficult to do. But I would say focus your strength training and, you know, your muscle building in the first kind of two, two and a half, three weeks, and then go into maybe um, lower impact more um, flexibility work maybe yoga and walking that kind of focus in the later half of your cycle and if you are getting kind of PMS and um, your like menstrual cycle symptoms walking is really really effective at soothing them it gets the blood flowing and all of that so um, that's generally how I'd kind of give if you were to kind of try to train in line with your cycle but like I said everyone doesn't experience it in the exact same way but if we were to take snippets from the research that we do have that's typically what it would would tell you amazing very very interesting um so I suppose I really want to touch on um something that I think more women than people might think would suffer with um and that is hypothalamic uh, amenorrhea um just speaking from my own experience um this is something I suffered with um people who might know my background I suffered with an eating disorder um I was very underweight I also had a lot of stress going on in my life at that time um I was exercising to a ridiculous amount um and um, I, of course that is why you know um that developed into hypothalamic amen- amenorrhea but for anybody who doesn't know would you be able to explain um hypothalamic amenorrhea or ha some people might see it as uh, or look at it as and um why yeah. it's so important I yeah suppose. so i suppose in a nutshell it, hypothalamic amenorrhea is when you lose your period so um it's so it's defined as the cessation of your period for more than three months and um, so your period stops and you haven't got it for three months if you have a more irregular cycle it would be classified more so if you haven't had a period in six months so just kind of a small differentiation there so say for example if you've yeah if you there should there's a reason why you have an irregular cycle so that would need to be looked into but if you haven't had it um, and you usually have an irregular cycle after six months and you haven't had one you would kind of start looking at it the thing, the important thing to note with um, HJ is that it's um, a diagnosis diagnosis of exclusion. So you need to look at other factors and rule out other possibilities as to why you aren't getting a period before you 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 know land on having hypothalamic amenorrhea. So other um, common reasons for not having a period would be PCOS, um, you know you're not ovulating, so therefore you're not having a period. Um, and it's very commonly um, confused with PCOS. I can and I can chat a little bit about how you might spot the differences between the two um, later on. But then the other thing that's quite common is hyperprolactemia, which is um, high prolactin, which can be inhibiting your period and, and ovulation, and that can be due to stress and you know other factors like. Um, you could even have like a benign tumor on the pituitary so just a growth and you just may need to get that removed I've seen actually that quite common more so than you would expect and right. you know anyone hears tumor they're like oh my god but a majority of the time it's completely benign it's just a growth so these are the things that need to be ruled out before you look at HA but with HA it's often refer- referred to as functional hypothalamic amenorrhea and the word functional in this case is to indicate that there is a behavioral cause so when we remove the behavioral cause and correct um, that if the underlying kind of there's no other underlying issue and your periods should resume. So typically um, that functional behavioral cause is stress. And like I chatted about earlier, it's a multitude of different um, stressors. So there can be three different types of of functional hypothalamic amenorrhea that are kind of referred to quite a lot in research so be it weight weight loss related and functional hypothalamic amenorrhea stress related or exercise related but they all have the same underlying driver which is stress so weight loss if you have dropped a lot of weight very quickly your body nearly goes into 
it kind of goes into a bit of a panic and says, okay, what's going on here? And you have to think about it from an ancestral point of view in terms of like years and years and years ago, our body would be saying, okay, we must be in a famine here. It's not enough food. I'm going to shut off. What it does is it shuts off all of the body functions that it doesn't, that aren't necessary for survival. So keep your breathing and your digestion and all of that going, but it doesn't see reproduction as uh, an essential survival function. So think about it, like there's no way your body will, would think that it's a safe place for a baby to come into if you haven't got enough food. So that's essentially what yeah. the way your body is thinking and they're saying, okay, abort mission, no baby's coming in here. I'm going to turn off your reproductive function so you don't even have a period you don't um, ovulate and therefore you can't get pregnant. It's a protection mechanism. Um, stress related, so too much cortisol then impacts the production of your hormones and yeah, well, I won't get into the GNRH and all of that because it is essentially it's it stunts the production of your LH, your FSH, which then talks to the ovaries and get your ovulation going. And then exercise related, which is a very common one. So there is this kind of, I suppose, a misinterpretation in terms of uh, or a misunderstanding in terms of um, HA. A lot of women feel like, or a lot of people think that you have to be really, really skinny and um, to lose your period. But that's not the case. It's we see it a lot with with athletes, and it's not because they're trying to be super skinny. It's just that they're in a state of low energy availability, so they are using so much energy to do their you know workouts or you know play football or whatever it is that they're doing, um, and they're not fueling their body adequately. And carbs is a huge factor in this because it's the most easy form of energy that our body can use. And it's, it also, um, if we're on, if we're not eating enough carbohydrates, be it from an athletic perspective, or if you're just on a low carb diet, generally speaking, women do not get on well on a low carb diet. And it regulates a neuropeptide called kisspeptin. And kisspeptin then stunts that cascade of other hormone production, like your LH, your FSH. So men don't have that so that's why they do much better on low carbohydrate diets and the research is all carried out on men so when we then apply it to women and we're wondering why we're not getting the same results that's why so that's something I would say and take with a pinch of salt like a lot of women I find they're like and I've done it years ago as well with my own boyfriend like you're not eating like carbs and you're like dropping weight like there's no tomorrow I must try that and then you just feel tired irritable like you're not losing any weight you're probably storing fat around your abdomen and that's because women do not respond the same to low carbohydrate diets so that is the low energy availability is very prominent in um athletic um in the athletic sphere and it's very common for women to lose their periods um but moving on to then why it's you know some people say you know someone were saying okay great i'll have one i don't have to worry about that every month and that was me, not going to lie, that was me. <laughs> about six, seven years ago, I was like, oh, grand. Because I did I did suffer in, before that with, with yeah. my uh, periods. And I got them for, you know, they were quite heavy and I got them uh, very regularly. And I thought, God, this is great. Do I have to deal with a period? Until mm. I started learning why that's not a good idea. Um, and that even though I think we tend to look at things so short term, but it really affects the long term. And while people who might be my age, you know, early 20s or as a, an older teenager, they might think, oh, I don't even have to worry about having kids yet. Or if that is in their in their plan, I don't need to worry about that yet. But uh, you'll, I suppose, tell us like you you kind of do yeah. in that moment have to have to think about that. And again, that you can't blame women for thinking like that because we haven't been taught the, yeah. the importance of our menstrual cycle. And sorry, a menstrual cycle is so much more important and ovulation is so much more important than just having babies. It has this whole ream of health benefits associated with it from a cardiovascular perspective, from a bone health perspective, from a cognitive perspective that we're just not told about. And so progesterone, when you ovulate, has all of these benefits. And so the biggest issue with hypothalamic amenorrhea and not ovulating, not having a period is that we're you're in it. You don't have you're not cycling any hormones and therefore you're in a state of chronically low estrogen levels when your estrogen is that low it's basically like when you enter the menopause you have this 
huge risk of um associated with your bone health so that is one of the and that again it's not like when you're in your 20s you're like oh my bones are grand like they're absolutely fine but these are like long term like you have you know a few months or years of not having a period and you're doing all this damage in terms of you know osteoporosis and all of these bone related conditions and th- that's irreparable like that's something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life so that's the the bone health perspective then cognitively um we see like there's higher bouts of um, anxiety and depression when you're not having um stable amounts of hormones and that's why a lot of women well it's a, it's along the same vein it's not exactly the same because it's due to the synthetic hormones but that's why a lot of women don't get on well on the pill it's because they're not having the progesterone so they get progestin from the pill which is not the same as our natural progesterone and our natural progesterone is actually really anti-anxiety but the one in the pill is can actually cause anxiety for a lot of women it's something I've seen huge about and just affecting mood in general and so that is they're the kind of your cognitive kind of downside the bone density downside there's also cardiovascular downsides and then the obvious one of you know your fertility is impacted obviously while you have no period you don't like you're you're not fertile that's not to say that we don't there's no research to suggest that if you have had HA and then recover a healthy cycle and you know we're nourishing your body and you get back to a very healthy cycle there there doesn't seem to be any negative impact in terms of your fertility then um which is obviously something that is very reassuring for women um but still for all the other reasons it you still like your period is now their menstrual cycle is now considered the fifth vital sign of health so up there with your other um markers such as respiratory rate and heart rate and breathing you know they're all you know your pulse you take your pulse you know yeah you're alive and kicking but now for women that your menstrual cycle is considered that fifth vital sign which is fantastic like it's that would show you how important this is amazing so yeah takeaway is your period is not just for having a baby yeah pay pay attention to tell you something yeah what from your experience of working with people what are some of the tasks um you get them to implement to obviously reducing stress is is one thing but anything else that you yeah so to that of course like you said um a trip to the doctor to rule out the other things is actually where I would see the benefit in the 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 GP kind of collaboration um but if you have been diagnosed I mean everything else is kind of you know you don't have any of the other things that could be causing you to have no period you definitely have HA um you're probably going to need support of like a you know nutritional therapist or a nutritionist that has specialized in this rather the GP is limited in, in the kind of support he can give you in terms of like the nutrition supplement and lifestyle change that you need to make that's something I will say and um, and if you're being offered yeah. the pill for HA please reconsider that is not going to solve your problem because that is going to give you a dose of synthetic hormones when you stop that and if you've changed nothing you're going to still have HA it is it is solving nothing so that's something I will say and um, the pill is great for lots of other things for contraception but not for 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 treating quote unquote and um, HA and um, the looking at HA it's a very holistic kind of recovery plan you need to of course look at your diet we're gonna there's no foods that are off limit you will likely need to significantly increase your calories and that can be something that's psychologically very tough for women so HA is like usually most like a lot of women it depends how like deep they are now in a kind of maybe disordered eating pattern that will dictate whether or not I I would recommend that they see you know a psychologist alongside a nutritionist I, I would have a lot of clients that come to me for support with HA and I'm not qualified as a um, you know psychotherapist or anything so I will refer that they get that support and we work collaboratively and it works so well because you need to unravel these yeah learnings and this disordered eating behavior because I could say to you okay you need to be eating 2,500 calories and this is what you need to be eating but if you're terrified of that and you can't actually physically do it I can help you to a certain extent you know and explore what those food food rules are what's driven you to have them but if it's really deep you might need a little bit more support exactly exactly so 
yeah, the diet is huge. You're car we, we will absolutely be focusing on carbs if, if we're trying to recover your cycle because typically they can be you know uh restricted for a lot of clients in my experience that have ha and um, you're like the other things i said earlier on the your omega-3 fatty acids we'll go in with chase berry supplement can be very helpful but again it's not going to do anything if you're not looking at the other aspects of it and um, and then lifestyle managing your stressors probably bringing down like depends on what type of your activity you're doing running seems to be one of the worst in the research and um, in terms of recovering your cycle uh we don't fully understand why but i think that it has a huge component to do with um like ancestrally and running away from predators and it's obviously a very um calorie uh, you know it, it re- re- requires a lot of energy so I I have had like marathon runners that I've had to be like you have to just give me a couple of months and not run and that is really really hard for them exactly and I similarly um have I've had like one client in particular comes to mind and she was running huge around we we honestly stripped it right back she did uh, continue doing kind of lower impact and um, she did planets and she did like resistance training so she was like i need something i was like you can absolutely have them if you if you give up running that that is huge for me so gave up running and we're like two years she got her cycle back inside i think seven months and it and the time at which it takes varies person to person and varies at how um, on board they are with taking your recommendations and like I said, because there's this huge psychological component, that can play a huge factor in the timeline. Because people are like, okay, well, how long will it take me to get my period back? I can't give you. Exactly. It depends. It's very personal. Yeah. But then she got her cycle back. We let it get nice and regular. And she's now back running. She like runs run 10K a couple of times a week yes. and has a great relationship with food, is very well nourished. So it is just a point in time that you need to commit to these, you know, changes to your um, exercise routine. Um, but yeah that's your kind of your diet your lifestyle and supplements obviously will it depend on each individual but like I said Chase Berry can be can be very helpful but yeah it's it can be a long journey in terms because it has that really emotional kind of side to it but it's absolutely doable but I do believe you'll probably need support yeah yeah and that's I mean great advice as well is you don't have to do this alone I think so many times when people think whether it's weight loss or whether it's you know they've got strength goals in the gym or whether it's managing their hormones better like they have to do this alone and they should know this but that's why there are coaches like yourself and myself and there is you know psychologists out there like yes it's our job to help and it's hard Um, like that stuff is hard yeah exactly and what's that saying it's like oh problem sharing is problem half yeah yeah exactly and yeah I think when people look at like a nutrition nutrition coach or a training coach they think that they're like against that person in some way of like like I get people coming to me all the time saying like I just want you to really push me and I'm like okay yeah. I get that to some extent but yeah I'm also on your side I'm also mm-hmm. I want the best for you and so long term um, it's like yeah it's not like this six exactly. week transformation and then by Zeki it's you are like this support for them for a healthy lifestyle. So when you're health focused, it no longer becomes this, oh, well, I just want to do this now for six weeks so I fit into my dress for Christmas. Do you know, it's not about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably, I could talk about this forever, but probably one of the downfalls Mm -hmm. in the fitness industry is people see it as, oh, I'll stick to this for six weeks or I'll stick to this for eight weeks. And it's like, you know, whatever about joining the gym, like, maybe my gym or working with me for eight weeks or something but those habits are to be with you for the rest of your life and you know so yeah amazing I I think that's we touched on so many incredible things there and I think it just summarizes how different one Mm -hmm. women are to men we need I suppose men can get away with probably a bit more when it comes to diet and exercise and we need to look after our bodies we're thinking always about the long term and and um, we unfortunately like that can't get away with as much. So we need to pay attention to to those things. Um, so thank you so, so, so much. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I learned loads of stuff as well. Like obviously as a coach, you kind of, you're supposed to understand 
a lot of that from a, a broad perspective but talking to a, a professional like yourself has been so interesting um so unfortunately <laughs> I would love for this to be hours long but uh, we don't have all day it's almost Christmas so um I just have three okay. which I didn't tell you uh three rapid fire questions but they're nice ones um just off the top of your head so number one what is your favorite oh, breakfast eggs 100% so egg probably like um an, an omelette so eggs spinach feta cheese peppers it keeps me feeling full yeah love amazing favorite music artist Derby Kennedy Ooh, love him yeah um, and lastly your favorite book if you had one book that you could read for the rest of your life and that you want to recommend to every single person what would that book be okay not science related this I'm going to go with a personal like just lovely book recommendation um Oprah Winfrey what I know for sure oh interesting it's magic and if you haven't read it or anything get it on audible it's narrated by her and it's pure bliss would recommend amazing okay I need to do more reading or like that audible yeah. uh, which is great so amazing um and lastly where can people find you Jenny um be it socials website um yeah. where are you so um, I'm cha- recently changed my handle on Instagram, so Jenny.OneHealth, um, and then again OneHealth-Nutrition.com is my website. And um, if you want to book in or want to book in for a chat, um, that's where you'll find me. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. You were the first guest of the Long Story Short podcast, and uh, no doubt our listeners will have learned so much. Um, so thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Mickey. I hope you enjoyed that brilliant episode with Jenny and took plenty of helpful tips from it because I know I did. If you find it useful, I would love for you to share it with your friends, family, or anyone else you think might find it useful as it really helps in growing the podcast. For more info, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Vicky Cornick, as well as my gym page at victory underscore fitness underscore IE. This is where you can also check out our 28 day trial that we run for half price. Lastly, if you're wanting to get updates for future episodes, which include some incredible guests that we have coming up, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.